This episode was recorded on February 25th, 2021. Join myself, Sujin Kim, a Metro Detroit yoga goddess, Jack Lightfoot, a multifaceted artist from the UK, and Ben West, an environmental activist from Florida, as we expand our reach overseas to discuss solutions to division in the world. A war is happening right now, but not the kind you think. With so much information floating around, it's so important to do your own research and trust your gut instincts. Jack and Ben share their plethora of research knowledge about what's happening in the world and propose some solutions we can implement into our lives to combat the attack on our freedom. This conversation is a beautiful reminder that we can share different views but still come together with respect and love for each other to learn and grow. Let's come back to love. Hi guys. Hey. We are back. Um, Marina here with Sujin and our friends Jack Lightfoot and Ben West. Jack is located in the Midlands in UK and Ben is in St. Pete, Florida. And just to kick off, as we always do, I think let's take a couple breaths together to ground down our energy. And yeah, so go ahead and maybe close your eyes if you can do that. Join us. Inhale. Exhale, release. Another inhale. Exhale, release. And then one more inhale. Exhale, let it all go. Hmm. Yeah, so welcome everybody. If you guys yeah, want to introduce yourselves, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, I, who wants to go first? Jack, you go ahead. Um, yeah, my name's Jack Lightfoot. I'm an artist from the Midlands, UK. Um, I do like design, painting, um, architecture, woodwork, uh, these kind of things. It's kind of become my way of making a living just like all of those things started as passions yeah, and what's your instagram so just so people can follow you check out yourself um it's the taurus energy t-h-e-t-o-r-u-s so it's taurus as in like the the fourth dimensional shape energy perfect thank you and uh, i'm ben west um I'm a long-standing environmental direct action activist, along with a aspiring musician and artist. Um, I've been involved with activism and social activism for six and seven years, and as a, as a lead organizer for my town, um, I guess that's really what I have to say about myself. Cool. So. We were just talking a little bit before we pushed record, um, and I think that we should start at that topic we kind of landed on. I think it was called biocentrism? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Close. Biocentricism. Biocentricism. Okay, so tell us what that is. Yeah, I mean, it, it is more of. Um, uh, I, don't, I guess it's, it's one of those 
the reason that I find it really interesting, and, and, I, and I haven't like dived really deep into it, but essentially, it's I find it really interesting because it it links to normally very disconnected fundamental belief systems, um, you know, like science and kind of spirituality, um, in a, in a connection through nature as as some kind of like super organism. So it's kind of like a scientific approach to. Um, I guess, respecting and kind of being custodians and protectors of nature. So believing that, you know, it's a kind of, I guess it's almost like a representation of of everything and like God is within everything. And yeah, I find that, I find that very interesting. Yeah, definitely something I resonate with. Even as you say it, like the truth vibrates in a different way. So I get feels mm, like yeah. this. Is this, this like a, and I think in, um, in 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 Japan, there's a is it is it called Shin, is it called Shintoism? Yes. Um, yeah. So obviously Shintoism kind of kind of takes it a step further because you're you're talking about giving like a soul to everything, and I, and I think that these these two belief systems are kind of parallel in a sense. Like they they can definitely be like work together and and I think that that's important you know like with all these different religions is to try and find the the way that they're trying to say the same thing in the grand scheme of things so Mm -hmm. like with Shintoism it goes even further because it'll be like you know by if a carpenter cuts down a tree and then makes like a really beautiful piece of furniture out of it the goal is to kind of like maintain that like original beauty which is beyond the understanding of the, the craftsman and it's kind of like working with the, the forms and and that's how you know for example like a, a, an inanimate piece of furniture can kind of have like a soul mm-hmm. and a lot of it's to do with like process of creating it and like but it you know even things that aren't created like um like rocks and mm-hmm. you know um well, I mean, plants. I mean, it doesn't really take a lot to argue that plants have some kind of soul or, yeah. or some kind of spiritual context to describe what they are and what they do within the ecosystem. So, but I just find that super fascinating to, um, and and I think it's a great thing to teach to the children as well because mm-hmm. it it teaches them to respect everything, um, whether it be like something that is being created. And the process of like becoming like a craftsman or a creator or something is like, you know, if you make something, you're creating like an artifact that the energy that you use when you're creating it is giving um, a life to that and like, it's, a, it's, energy it's that is felt. Freedoms to be that person. Totally, yeah. Yeah. And more rewarding to be that person. Totally. I mean, I don't know if you know much about um, Japanese carpentry. But like, um, I've been researching it a lot recently. Yeah, it's it's like I was already quite into woodwork by the time I discovered discovered this. But it's it's completely changed the the way that I approach creating something out of wood now. Like, and trying to get the grains to match up and trying to um, preserve the like original element of of the wood and to try and not use any screws or nails and. And, you know, it's one thing to see somebody doing these things, but when you have the um, the knowledge yourself, you you gain a much more, like, profound respect for it. And, and this, this comes to absolutely any skill whatsoever, and I think that that's why, you know, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin and be 
become a jack of all trades but i think it's good to kind of like have a have a balanced experience of like dabbling in lots of different things because it makes you realize like the the crazy amount of skill that so many people have in so many different fields and different crafts and you know that that's another thing like the deeper i got into woodwork the more i was like oh my god these guys are incredible like they, they hardly use any power tools mm. and they have these huge pieces of wood and just using like razor blade sharp like perfect chisels and like wooden mallets they will carve like these jigsaw pieces from different woods and then press them together until they click into place and and you can hardly see the gaps between the working and like it's one thing to be like oh yeah that that looks cool but when you've got a bit of experience in that and you look at somebody pull that off and realize how hard that is it mind it blows your mind to pieces like there's a there's a fella i i used to live and work on the west coast and uh one of one of my good friends the the property that he he runs um the guy who owns the property has built almost every single house on the property using the Japanese techniques, and it blows my mind seeing. Wow. Wow. See, like, standing structure, like, made like that is, like, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling, and it's incredible, like, the, uh, the ability people have. Hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I have a few, few people that I know um you know I, I know one person who's like a um, works a lot with clay but uh, but wood as well and i'll use this guy as an example and he's from hungary and his name's ferre and uh yeah i don't know if you will if, if he will see this but he's one of the key woods workers at azora festival in hungary and like his whole house is just filled with custom furniture that he's made and every single plant part is the plant part that he's cast in his own in his own firing oven and he's sculpted and everything is just made like completely custom like it, it's it's mm. pretty pretty amazing and those people like they're like that's a huge hugely inspiring well i love that because i think it pays homage like the artist is you know i correct me if i'm wrong jack specifically but i think that your role is to show the world like your the world through your eyes like show everybody what you see through your eyes right so yeah. I, it really pays homage to standing back and being the custodians and being the observers and the witnesses to the beauty of this world rather than interfering with it and trying to make something that's you know you know it, it i think it allows for that true beauty to come through and really be supported and shown in that mm. for what it is and that's just so fucking beautiful yeah i mean I, I struggle with that a little bit sometimes you know like i'm always trying to uh, yeah. influence and change things yeah yeah but it's like moving with it too you want to move you would move with it because that's how i think that's how i try to approach life like that movement of f moving with the flow doing what i can do within it but also like accepting and honoring it, the flow for what it is yeah. The way that you described yeah. it is like this exchange of energy, this like dance. It's not just like this thing, but it's like this beautiful communication and exchange of energy collaboration. and collaboration. It's like this co-participation and deep respect. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I mean, there's, there's the kind of like tendency to, um, I guess, be a little bit blinded to that for a lot of people. Um, and I think that, you know, like going back to what I said before about kind of, I think it's important for people to kind of like dabble in some things. Yeah. Um, it's because like, there's so much inspiration to be found like in the world um, and yeah. so much like interesting things to be taken away from other other people's accounts and their skills and whatever. So I think that, you know, especially, especially craftsmen, I think that everybody should learn to have one at least one key skill that they can do with their hands or with their body like because then it goes with you wherever you go that's it's, mm. that's funny you say that because like i've been in heavy consideration of going to school for electrician like electrician work this mm-hmm. year um and i wanted to add on to what um what you were what uh, i can't remember your name ma'am i'm so sorry uh, <laughs> don't call us ma'am <laughs> <laughs> that was so cute <laughs> um Marina, and this is Susan. So, you were saying something, you were saying, like, how art, like, like really shows people away, and I, and I don't mean to bring, like, politics or philosophy into this, like, heavily, but I, I believe it was Kropotkin or another one of the Russian revolutionary philosophers, but they said that artists spearhead the revolution, like, Mm. What, what what inspires people to move forward and get past what's bad are the artists. Yes. Because they yes. show the people what's happening before they even realize it. Yes, by invoking feeling within them, because that's the whole thing, is you want people to feel things. That's what inspires them to do something. Right? Yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of very powerful thinkers that have said the same thing. And, and like, I, I, I do think that... Um, there is a lot of truth to that in many ways. And it's like, I don't really want to kind of say too much about this regarding me and how I feel about myself, because like um, a lot of people think that I'm coming across very arrogant, for example, like in the way that I um, express my opinions and my views. But in fact, it's like if, if a lot of people sit down with me, I, I'm, I'm very receptive of all, of all things. Like my, my brain is even at my age, I'm like, I'm like 28 and I'm nearly, you know, I'm going on to be 30. That's my cat. <laughs> I, know, I, see. Yeah. Um, I I focus a lot mm-hmm. on like uh, keeping my brain like a sponge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that allows me to absorb all these different perspectives to get kind of like inspiration. Like I'm constantly hunting for inspiration. Yeah. And I can say that there's many other artists who... I think they they put forward a very powerful message in their in their work. For example, and this could be like musicians or or yeah. visual artists or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I, partic- I specifically focus on those because they're a good way of conveying like ideologies or like a perspective um, mm-hmm. more so than like a, another like for example pottery. It's very hard to convey. Uh, a perspective or an ideology through pottery, for example. Mm-hmm. That, that is true. Not I guess unless you're doing like sculpting, like large scale sculpture, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, I'm, well, I mean, like woodwork as well. It's like, are you doing, are you doing sculpture or are you making furniture? You know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's it is a big thing. You know, like with art, if you're if you're trying to say a message, it's it's a lot easier because it's so broad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as as res- as respect to other musicians and artists, like I was saying, it's like they 
have this similar trait where they they try to maintain this like childlike um, yeah. inspired state and and I think that society says you know like oh when are these people going to grow up it's like we're, we're never going to grow up no that's the that's the trap <laughs> that's the reason why we enjoy our life so much it's like yeah we're, we're not we're not we're not suddenly trying to like you know give up on this artist dream so that we can get a nine to five like yeah we, we're trying to maintain this child like like sponge brain i so think especially we now it's so important that we try and push that not push that like make people do art but like make them realize that they can do something other than mm-hmm. do the nine to five gig they can actually do what they want to do beyond just. I mean, people do want to do that though, but it's yeah. You know, I I think there is I think there is a lot of liberation that comes from art. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, not everyone's cut out for a nine to five. Some people are, and some people aren't. Everybody's kind of got a place in society. You know, like I think that's maybe for more of the outliers is like giving us space to be and do what we need to do without feeling like we're doing something wrong. Yeah, totally. And if everybody was artists, it wouldn't be that interesting anymore. No. <laughs> right. So you know, you need you need those you need those freaks to kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> show people something that they haven't thought about. Yeah, we all have a place. Like that's we all have a role here for whatever it is. We all have one. One hundred percent. Yeah, but I think as well, like. Uh, I, I find I'll, I'll kind of run with what you're saying there because I find I think it, it connected it connected me to a thought that I I think would be quite interesting to share. Yeah. So like it's it's interesting because you, you say like oh you know everybody has their place in a way, um, and I, and I I get where you're coming from with that and I and I and I think that you're right. However, I would just say that like based on what we currently know about neurobiology and how like I guess moldable our, our brains are and our perspective on different things and how we're absorbing different information mm-hmm. and then going about our own activity and how we uh, uh, that is received um, we can we can easily say that the 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 kind of perspective or the, the way of life between the belief in will and the belief in fate mm-hmm. is actually a conscious choice now you know with there's certain aspects to our birth that might predetermine like certain life directions for sure like i'm not trying to say that like oh you know everything is your fault but i think that mm-hmm. there's as you get older and you you gain more awareness of yourself and the world you tend to be able to take more responsibility for things that are happening to you in your life and i think that this is the this is how we determine our ability to influence the world and to influence our own lives and it's it's a lot of it is to do with i think taking responsibility mm. um for something and a lot of people struggle with that a lot mm. of people struggle with that especially if you you're used to feeling like you're on the front end of something or you're a victim uh, it can take like a huge amount of your power away yeah um so you know and, and i think that it's it's your choice like if you want to believe that the circumstance you're in um has kind of like it's all happened to you and you didn't really have a choice and you Mm -hmm. feel i think that that's a very disempowering way to look at life personally 
but you know and you might not be able to take full responsibility for everything that's ever happened to you or has been around you but you can take responsibility for the way that you respond to that do you, are you following what yep. i'm saying totally i think yeah, that's, so, that's so like if you be reactionary like when you become reactionary that's when you start to lose almost like your conscious ability to make proper decision making like mm-hmm. if you get like say someone yells at you and you immediately respond back instead of thinking about what to say or thinking about how to react then it just it you it's almost like you feel more stupid than you would have if you didn't say anything at all yeah yeah no i'm with you i think arguably yeah, so, what you're saying is like if sorry. you're letting anger dictate your actions you're not moving from a space of your truth you're just letting your um you know, these negative emotions rule your action rather than your true self ruling yourself, right? And also taking ownership of when we do react versus responding because our thoughts really truly create the reality that we're living in and our well-being and our wellness and it's just as much as what we're putting in our bodies, like our gut. And I feel like um, I've been reading and listening to a lot of things that Dr. Buttar has been you know kind of sharing as far as like our thoughts and the fears and love and like what is dictating what storyline is dictating our life and it really affects your well-being is i mean cancer patients you know that don't have that faith element have a harder time surviving you know compared to uh, you know the ones that are truly fighting and really believing that there is a possibility to overcome you know this illness and your, your mindset really is very powerful <laughs> i gotta get closer totally. to the mic <laughs> yeah. totally yeah i i'm i'm totally on board with that as well um you like it, it, it's interesting as well because uh i, I just want to connect something like that's really physiological which it, it originates in a from a mental state and just to just to kind of echo what you're saying like if you say for example take somebody who has kind of gotten themselves uh, a physical illness right Mm -hmm. so they they would be thinking like oh well this has happened to me because of something right well let's say for example there's like certain things that you've done or not done um and why have you not done them like if you know something is good for you and it's going to make you feel healthier in your body you're like for example a certain food that you're eating um why are you more inclined to eat something that you know is bad for you and 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 if you're and if you're doing that for a long period of time you've got to ask yourself well what is it that's making me do do that like in in my in my brain and and then you've kind of allowed in a gateway for for example uh to to kind of comfort eat or or to to take on a habit which you feel is like cathartic for something else, like um, you know any kind of like drug usage. You could you could argue this point. So, if like cigarette smoking is a great example, <laughs> <laughs> I find I find I'll go I'll go on with that. Actually, I wasn't going to say it, say it, but I will I will make a point. It's like something that I found cigarettes is it is it's usually a cathartic expression of some kind of PTSD. Oh no! I, I, it, it it stems from like years and years of just being just being involved in like what I've been involved with. It, 
it's like it is it is a for it's a self-harm that's from ptsd yeah yeah and it, I, would, I would i would take it what you were saying about how like when there's when you when you eat something that's good for you you but you choose not to do so like you yeah. choose the, the bad option i don't know if it was plato that said this or i'm pretty sure it was plato but it's called the perceived good and then the real good and humans are more likely to go after what they perceive as good rather than they know is good mm-hmm. yeah well also i just want to throw this in there because i think there are also is an element of lack of access and education to what might be good for you there like that is a factor to consider so it's not always necessarily they're choosing the worst thing because and they they are aware of it like sometimes they're just not aware or they don't have access to the better thing like healthier foods especially in detroit like there's food deserts down in detroit that people you know like their grocery shopping is at the gas station or the convenience stores and they don't have real vegetables and things like that but you know i just want to bring that to to the table so you well, guys know i was i was actually just i messaged jack about this last night one of so one of the projects i'm working on in st Pete right now is i'm first i'm getting a group of multiple houses within the community mm-hmm. to start growing a community garden oh, um, awesome. in, yeah. e- in each nate in each house front and backyard mm. um and we, we want to grow enough to one feed all of each other and then produce enough to actually give away food downtown. And I constantly participate in solo feeding of the homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these are really great ways to like inspire others to start doing the same thing. Yes. And eventually I think I would love to do like workshops within poor neighborhoods on how to grow foods in urban environments. Ooh. I just got so tingly when you said that. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I totally think that that's like the ultimate form of like uh taking the power back, like self-governance and kind of like a a, a, a more a more forward and progressive way of thinking of like anarchy, like I, you know, like there's a lot of ideology, ideological conversations going on, but mm-hmm. if you say that, like, I think anarchy is, is a lot of it to do with like self governance and like what is better than taking responsibility for your for your own food production and getting involved with like um, community projects to to uh, back and together and do that. That's the issue, and I'm not I'm not calling out or trying to be mean or rude to like the American communists. But, they, <laughs> but, they, but. They, we know who you're talking about. They have this preconceived idea that they can jump into this revolution, right? Mm-hmm. And my thing is, half these people don't even know how to grow a potato. And how do you how do you expect to sustain a, a bloody conflict without feeding yourselves? And then secondly, how do you convince the farmers who voted for Trump? most of them did, to be on your side and give them your food for free. That makes no sense. Like, it's not <laughs> right. a life dream. I know. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, like, great in theory, but when it's in practice, it just doesn't work, you know? Like, it just doesn't work. So, like, what are – all right. So I love that we actually are here because this is what I would love to talk about more is actual solutions that we can – you know, implement into our communities because realistically, if we want to change things on a giant worldwide scale, it has to start on a small scale. First with ourselves, Absolutely. with ourselves, A, but then also to our communities. So mm-hmm. yeah, like what's your thoughts on that, guys? Let's do it. 
So, I think, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, but I'll let Ben go because he was ready. Yeah. So, to me, I think one of the first steps in this, I think a lot, this is what a lot of the communists miss, is when, when Karl Marx said, seize the means of production, that doesn't mean go to your factories and fucking take them over. It means, like, start making <laughs> and actually make sure that you're producing. Um, and the first and easiest thing is food. We can yeah. buy seeds. You can go if you're even if you're on EBT, you can go and buy seeds. So mm-hmm. that should be the first step is food mm-hmm. production. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I think through that, like through community garden, not only like community gardening and like food handouts, mm-hmm. you get to know the people around you better. Mm-hmm. You get to build that solidarity with them. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that's truly missing in America is a direct solidarity. We've <laughs> we've further divided ourselves so far through these microaggressive um, ideologies that we're, we, we just, we, we can't seem to agree on anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need to find an actual reason to start liking each other. And I think feeding each other mm-hmm. is the best way to do it. Yes. Mm. I love that. So beautiful. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. That's a, that's a great perspective to have on it. I would argue. Yeah, because ultimately, yeah, I, I don't think we're that divided. Sorry, I don't, sorry, Jack. But I ultimately, you and I talked about it the other day. Like, we're not as divided as we think we are. We nah. just are closed off because if somebody's saying something, that automatically triggers the walls to go up. And it really, like, let's yeah. bring them down and find our collective yeah. um, unity and the things that do connect us to, to each other because that's the reality. Hmm. Yeah, I think that there, there is, like... Um, Again, I, I, I'm trying to stay in the middle here as well. So I, I just want to make a comment about this. Is, is I find that there's a lot of people out there right now mm-hmm. and they 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 guilt everyone with, with um, association. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's becoming even less about the ideology that the person might be saying or the, even the opinions of what they're saying. Like sometimes just by association, you can be the devil. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I think that this is incredibly dangerous ideology to adapt, like mm-hmm. because you're it's it's just like uh, a much more harder to define form of like something like racism or classism or mm-hmm. um, because it's um, but there isn't really a word for it. Like I've not heard anybody really sum this up. Um, I think a good way to describe it would be like the the, uh, the George Orwell's like New Thought or Thought. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, new speak, double like, thing, double thing, double thing, double, yes, double thing. I think that, I think that's a really good, but I, it's still, I don't think it fits the whole description, but I think that's the closest we have to it right now. That is great. Yeah. And I think that we, yeah, I, I had a lot of people last year who I, I was saying, you know, do you not see how we're like stepping into, you know, like pre, pre- precursors of like Stalin's Russia, you know, like several years before, or do you not see how we're, we're stepping now into some kind of 1984 reality? And the yeah. ridicule that I got was pretty, was pretty strong, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I think that uh, people would be very uh, naive to, to not see that, honestly, because, you know, what, and the concept with like doublespeak is it has, it has many different things, but it, this is, this is a really interesting uh, stand-up part from George Carlin about this. You know, where he talks about the, the how we've changed words to, like, soften things mm. that are, like, yeah. um, 
the, the first example that comes to my head is how we used to call like um, PTSD like uh, shell shock. Yeah. So mm. when you hear the word shell shock, you're like, whoa, I, I know what that means. Like it is a strong word like shell shock, you know, right. you feel it. And then it went to battles fatigue. And then from battles fatigue, it became post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> and, and a good example. And I'm like, dude, just call it what it is. Like it had a very specific definition before. Like, yeah. but now nobody uses the word shell shock. And I haven't heard anybody ever say battle fatigue, but I think this was something from like, you know, the, the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people were coming back and, like, having their legs blown off and it's like, oh, he's got battle fatigue. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, right. It's, it's, it's this crazy. Might sound, this might sound kind of uh, rude, um, <laughs> but I've noticed something about a lot of, like, the white SJW crowd and how they started coining, like, uh, minorities, people of color, and... That is, to me, it goes, that, that's so strange that when, in the 50s and 60s, like, I have a sign from that time that says colored only. And isn't that almost like bringing back that sort of, like, divisive way of looking at people, like, calling them colored instead of just, like, mm-hmm. viewing, I mean, I know, yes, I get, like, you know, we all are different races, and, you know, there's there, there are different minorities, but... People of color seems almost patronizing to me, at least. But I'm again, I'm white, and I don't have a real place to say that. I, I, that's just I know where I you're coming think. from. I know where you're coming from, and it's kind of like we're switching. We're kind of switching racism on its head, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, say, say for example, like you know, there's, there's probably I don't. I'm not from the states. We don't have something like this here in the UK that I'm aware of. But um, for example, affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's probably a broad spectrum of opinions on this mm-hmm. but at its basis is, is that not kind of like a bit of a racist concept to to segregate and discriminate between different races based on your alleged perceived um, yeah. you know view on the situation it's it's like well you're you are discriminating um just in reverse like, kind yeah. of and and it's like you know you're it's this this thing is like you're you're a straight white male um and i've heard that expression several times so it's like you don't get to have a perspective Mm. and it's like anybody that doesn't see that that's racist is blind honestly blind by their own ideology i so i used to be like a major major organizer in saint pete and one of the reasons why i left and got so involved in environmental activism instead because one day i was at a meeting and i mentioned like hey instead of like rallying and going to the police station and like you know just shouting and not really accomplishing anything other than shouting why don't we establish like a goal like set up community gardens or Mm -hmm. set up local police like not local but community police like kind of like what the black campus were doing Mm -hmm. and i was kicked out because they said that I don't have a place in providing um, like a solution to the problem because I am the problem. So I was just completely wow. done with them and left. Wow. 
Wow. I think that's on the extreme side though, right? Like that's when it's too much on one side versus the other side that when, but really like the more balanced position is what will bring us through and forward. I mean, it's no secret that the United States has dealt with insane amounts of racism over however many years and it's still, it's still happening. You know, like I personally, I have clients, I do criminal defense work. And I have clients that I watch videos of the police interactions they have, and it's, like, incredible what kind of things are happening. Like, I, and not in a good way. It's fucking terrible. And it's real. So, to, you know, we have to at least acknowledge that these feelings are valid for the people experiencing racism. But to turn it, like, to as a solution, you know, obviously, I don't have a solution right now but I think collectively we can try to start moving forward but everybody will have to kind of you know everybody's got to put their put their guns down and you know their weapons down and we all got to kind of just agree to like what we got to move forward at some point somehow you know mm-hmm. so put the weapons I, down I, I, and I, get rid of them yeah right one of the issues that we're seeing is and again, I don't mean this to come from like a place of anger or hate. Yeah. Um, and I hope people don't perceive that when I say this. Mm-hmm. But what I'm noticing now is that we're human beings, especially in America, we're starting to segregate ourselves into different archetypes of individuals mm-hmm. and like them very, very, like many of us mm-hmm. into different groups of people. And that is only providing more outlets for there to be more issues with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. more we have with each other, the harder it's going to be. And that's exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is coming. And I hate to say this too. I think a lot of it's coming from the universities. I think it, mm-hmm. a lot of the universities are teaching this almost self hate, yeah. but it's, a, it's like a weird crypto self hate. It's not like this outright, like hate yourself. It's more like this. You need to identify like this to fit in, in whatever subgroup that you want to fit into. Yeah. And then hate anybody else outside of that because they are the enemy, no matter what. And that, if we all are a reflection of one another, that is self-hate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, you've got, you've got people running around with this immense white guilt. Yeah. Um, for acts that they never committed. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I should spend the rest of my life being guilty because of the advantages that I may or may not have or have perceived by others by being a certain color. Yeah. It's just another form of racism. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, and at the end of the day, like, I I discriminate people on the basis of their character. Yeah. Um, For you sure. know, and, and, and it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter what your... You know, it, it, none of these things matter. It, it's all about you and how you carry yourself as a person. Usually, I tend to give people a little bit of leeway as well because, like, some people just have bad days, and if you catch a nice sure. person on a bad day, you'd be like, yeah. don't really want to. Yeah. You know, if, if you don't know somebody that well and you haven't got that much of a gauge on them and you're meeting them for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be willing to forgive um, but also not take... Yeah. Uh, something that somebody says as like that is who they are as a person and i think that that's this is something that cancel culture needs to learn as well yeah and truthfully like what you're saying i think that most of us feel this way and have these sentiments and these um ways of dealing with things i think that 
there are just few there's so few or so many less people on that don't feel that way than we want to admit i think and sorry i don't know if that made sense but no i i know what you're saying i know yeah. what you're saying I think there's like this huge element of fear that's pervading, you know, the collective consciousness and like our right to speak and censorship. It's like, Mm -hmm. I look at like North Korea and everything is very censored, but you know, the way that we're moving, I mean, I feel like so many doctors that have, you know, opposing viewpoints, for example, within the COVID realm, you know, banned, banned, taken off. And it's just like a different perspective. And it's like, perhaps, you know, maybe the information and the misinformation that's being, you know, shared in the public arena of media is like, we need to question, you know, and like not blindly listen. And like, where, you know, like, why can't we listen to each other, the other side without like trying to attack each other? And so like, how do we meet in the middle? Because our freedom yeah, of I, right to I, speak I, is I being taken is. away, like as we speak. Yeah. I think that this is a very contentious issue right now. Um, I've been on the front lines of this for a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we appreciate your... I, I think the simplest thing that people seem to forget is that we can't talk to each other. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when I, when I, was, I, I mentioned on this in our last chat, Jack, you know, um, I worked on the Bernie Sanders campaign in 2014 as, a, as an organizer, uh, and a street team organizer. Um, and I went to places like Charleston, South Carolina. I've been to places like Texas, like in Texas and Philadelphia, and I I interact with a lot of Republicans, like a shit ton of them, and most of them didn't disagree with what I had to say. Right. And in fact, most of them seemed to like what Bernie Sanders was offering, yeah. but they felt as if Hillary, and which is true, had it in the bag. And their yeah. only option for a renegade politician was Trump. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've touched on a very, very interesting point here. And like, this is, this is because we kind of skimmed over this, didn't we, the other night? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, it's like Biden, for example. He's, he's just president, not Donald Trump. That's like, yeah, like, yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and now, and now all the people that voted for him, they're having to deal with the absolute painful realizing consequences of what that's actually put forward for the united states like so you know say again like the second patriot act yeah like the uh the the crime bill 1994 you know anybody Mm. who doesn't know what that is they need to look into it like because biden was the one of the main guys that signed it with with clinton Uh, if you've you've never heard of it before i highly recommend looking into it crime bill 1994 Inside the X, inside, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and to bounce back to what you were saying about the, the you know, the, the scientists are saying this and we should listen to them. Well, like, let's, let's, let's take the step back on this. How many, how many scientists are actually saying this? Hmm. Like, and, and, you yeah. know, and we need to, we need to really start thinking as a nation and as a, as a, as a, as a fucking species, really like, yeah. um, how credible is information? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, and, and it's, us, it's up to us to discern. It, it is not up for the state to decide what is on the, on the table for discussion. That is an absolute, uh, abomination. Like censorship is something that we should all fight against. Yeah. And people need to stop believing 
like organizations like Snopes for fact checking. Like, no, they're not, they're not this fucking I don't I don't know like, arbiter of like reality. No. They, they can't. I, I've had I've had so many people send me articles from Snopes or, or Reuters. Is it Reuters? He said. Yeah. And they've been like, hey, well, this has been debunked, and I'm like. Did you actually read this article? (laughs) (laughs) Half the time, half the time they debunk what they're saying. Like they, they, yeah. Half of the time, half of the time they, they, they say something that is so opinionated Mm. with no citations with like, like glancing references from personal experience. (laughs) And there's never any references. And people believe that, like, and that mm. should set alarm bells ringing in people's heads. It's like, why are these websites all of a sudden at the top of your Google search? Mm. I loved your because recent Because they're trying posts. to control your thoughts. They're trying to control the direction of, of sanctioned thought. They're trying to box you in. Yeah. And this is the this mm-hmm. is this is highly alarming. And and the reason why we should fight against this and we should really call this out. Right, and, and I'm really passionate about this. Like, this is something that I'm most passionate about. And the reason why we should fight against this is because these are, like, everywhere. They're over Facebook, they're over Instagram, and they're telling you, like, oh, well, we've, we've fact-checked this. And then you follow the... And people are just like, oh, well, I shouldn't believe that, then I'm just going to skip that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, if you actually follow the links through and you see what these people are saying, it, it falls apart in a, in a rational debate. Like... They have they have nothing to stand on, and you know if we just if we allow this to happen, then the in, we lose the power of the internet. Mm. We lose the ability to like discover mm. and learn things ourselves because they're restricting what you're allowed to see. Yeah, and they're restricting what you're allowed to think. And this is I think that basically the people who are behind this, um, and it's a, obviously a, a huge. Uh, kind of organization that all have invested interests um i know that sounds a little bit conspiratorial but it's more to do with like you know all you have to do is you have to look into even just on a simple basis of economics and how economic relationships work with seemingly opposing parties and then you understand how you know conspiracies can sometimes just be an economic plan so you know if if we look at this from this perspective they're trying to put us back into that box pre-internet they're trying to put us back into that um, uh, avenue of, of consensus thought. Yeah. And this is this is an absolute crime against humanity, in my opinion. And I'm really passionate about this. Yeah. And I think also, we talked about this the other day, that not only that, they're trying to just flood us with all kinds of shit just to confuse everybody to the point where people throw their hands up in the air and they say, fuck it, I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to yeah. think anymore. It's scary. So this is a really interesting thing, uh, and I'm sorry to butt in again, but there's, there's, there is a person who is essentially Vladimir Putin's right-hand man. Mm. Now, he's a guy called Vladislav Surkov. Um, he, uh, he's essentially like an avant-garde theater producer um and he is all into these kind of like very trippy like mind fucky like theater performances Mm. and he's he's essentially vladimir putin's personal advisor 
Now, there's a documentary kind of called... Like the, would, would you kind of compare him to someone like Marina Abramovich? Um, probably not that deep into the occult, but like uh, in terms of how they can manipulate powerful people, I think that there's there there are similarities. I think in terms of the avant-garde theater, I think that there's probably some crossovers. But I think that I think that um, Marina Abramovich is a lot more like occult in the things that she does. Yeah, she's a, she's probably a demon. I would say if there is such a thing as a demon, the <laughs> high priestess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she was hanging out with a guy called John of God. Now, does anybody know who John of God is? No. Right. Okay. Right. So this is this is blowing my mind. I'm just going to get my references up because I I thought this might come up. So he's a he's a Portuguese uh, Juan de Dios, John of God. Uh, Portuguese soldier turned healthcare worker in Spain. Now, this guy, um, bit of a creepy looking dude. Uh, <laughs> he, he is very, very, was very, very close with uh, Marina Abramovich. Um, and he's basically like, let me just find this, this proper reference. I appreciate that you are referencing and you know, fact-checking and doing your research. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I just that. want to make sure that, like, I'm I'm saying this properly because I don't want anybody to be like, oh, well, it's, his, his name is actually here, 1S of God. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but essentially, like, they were good friends, um, Marina Abramovich and, and this, this John of God. Now, he is a convicted uh, child trafficker. Mm. Wow. Ooh. Let me pull something up too. I want to. I want to. Since we're getting on the subject, I need to. I need to pull up some references as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear those references. Down the rabbit hole we go. Here we go. Buckle up, everyone. <laughs> so there was a fellow who was the army head of propaganda for the sixties. Uh, hold on. He ran a satanic church called like the set, the, the Temple of Set. Temple of Set, yeah. Um, what is his name? I want you guys. Well, that was in that. That was in that podcast you sent me, and I was I was referencing that stuff and going in on that, and I was like, Jesus Christ. So, um, <laughs> do me a favor, all of you, right now, look up a man named Michael Aquino. Michael Aquino. Michael How do you spell Aquino. that? Yeah, I have to use the restroom. I'll be right back, guys. Okay. <laughs> how do How do we spell that? Uh, Michael, uh, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-Q-U-I-N-O. Okay. Michael Hormer, intelligence Just look at this guy's face. And he was the, he got caught, he was supposedly involved in human trafficking, but just look at this man's face and tell me he's not evil. There's something there. They say that you can't judge a book by its cover, but that's just for people who, you know, Oh wow! Oh wow! Not paying enough attention. Yeah, that's kind of cre- that's. Oh. Yeah, that's creepy. He's got a creepy look about him. That's that's, that's for sure. Those eyebrows are very interesting. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, he looks like he looks like a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So okay, so I'm just gonna kind of open up this topic a little bit because um, I think that we've we've bounced, we've kind of skimmed like a pebble across a, a, a quiet lake, and mm-hmm. we're we're, yeah. we're kind of trying to find a place to go deep. But I think that you know, are you ready? There's there's so many things to do, and like this is a, this is an interesting topic for sure. Like 
and I think that it it is something that is really hard to bring to the surface because there's been so many cover-ups regarding this. Mm. Now, you know, let's just kind of... I'll try and keep it short, though. So, so... <laughs> We're kind of we're kind of being made to believe that Jeffrey Epstein is like a as an isolated incident, right? Mm-hmm. And that he's just some yeah. singular sick guy with sick interests, yeah, right? Just happened to accidentally die in jail. Crazy. Yeah. Oops. Now, yeah, now you've got to ask yourself: like, are well. we expected to believe this? Like, I know it's kind of like fallen away from the wayside, and and people, I, I you know, people say that oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, and I'm like. Dude, like you haven't looked into it. You haven't looked into it. If you if you look into this, you know, be prepared for be prepared for a ride because it's it will change your perspective on reality. Yeah. Now, yeah, and I think that it, it, there 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 is a tendency in people to kind of be super reductionist about reality, and they just want to be left alone, and they don't want to think too deeply about things. And I think that that honestly is becoming a bit of a sickness mm. for our society you know like fair enough like you're you're entitled to your own life and and but but not to the point where you you try and ridicule somebody for thinking something that you know nothing about mm-hmm. um and this is this is a sickness that's been going on in humanity for a long time and we need to try and find some way of overcoming this because how many? How further along would we be as a species if we'd had been more receptive to new ideas? Mm. You know, because there was always those people along the time who were way more ahead of their time. Yeah. And you know, when when it comes to like all of this stuff, which I'm going to try and bounce back to, um, how do you think that they keep all of these people in line? And and I think that that honestly. They're, they're often flaunting it in our face in many in many ways. Um, they're yeah. kind of showing us all of this symbology and they're, they're showing us all of these symbols and people will be like, oh, you're like two plus three plus 3,000 is Illuminati confirmed and like all this kind of shit. But like... Jack, do you make... Why, so, why is there so many reports of, of, of pedophilia within the Catholic Church? Right. Why? Why is... Why? <laughs> Is it yeah. because I have a problem with Catholics? No, it's because there is several hundreds of documented incidents of paedophilia within the Catholic Church. So, you know, and then and then why is it that every single government around the world, there's always been a few people that have been busted for paedophilia? Why is it that there's always these really powerful people who are in perspectives of presenting themselves to be deeply altruistic uh, mm. are actually... Doing this shit on the sidelines. And Why are they doing it? I think I think it's a I think it's a I I would go as far as to say that I mean I'm not like I said I I I I am religious in a sense, but I'm not like I don't like believe that there's like this all powerful devil. I think the devil is just like a a uh, parable as to what man can be. Yeah. And I think that when people do those kinds of things, it invokes like so, like a high, like a like they get a power from it that they can't yeah. get from anything else. It's like having it's like making love to your wife or you know your lover or whatever. You you feel that euphoria and that 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 greatness, 
And I think once you get to that level of power, things start to lose that. Yeah. And the only way you can achieve that feeling is through that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think that, the, you know, like the, another thing is, is you could argue about, you know, why do we have so many like weird fetishes uh, within <laughs> society? Because and, people have gone right so now, far. Why is it being so like promoted? Like the daddy baby little girl shit and like <laughs> honestly that is like borderline like you are a normalizing pedophilia and then yeah. you have this big culture of like extreme bdsm which is now kind of normalizing to me i see it as normalizing violence against women for pleasure mm. and mm. i don't think that's a healthy way to I don't think that's a healthy way to have any sort of sexual relationship with anybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it, it truly, it's just, it's, it, I think it has to do with the scarring of your mind. Like there's something that happened for you to want to enjoy that. Well, I think it, yeah. we were talking about it earlier, softening things like with the PTSD. We started with shell shock and then we started calling it the battle fatigue. It's like that I feel like is what's happening. They're just kind of um, desensitizing us to maybe like what they want us to believe or feel is normal so they're slowly like infiltrating it into things that way you know even video games stuff like that like babylon baby yeah (laughs) i i know yeah yeah i mean it's 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 it's, you know you get this argument from a lot of people and they say like oh yeah you know it's uh it's okay for my kids to be playing like uh violent video games yeah. Um, or something because it doesn't affect them. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and it, I think that it's just a very, it's a very, it, it, all it shows is that person has a lack of awareness. Like, mm-hmm. because, you know, the subconscious, you know, people would be like, oh, well, it's like 90% of your brain. But actually, we don't, I don't think there's any way of measuring that. Like, I don't know how we would even go about measuring that. But I think that it, it goes without saying that, you know, on Jung's theory of the subconscious and how, how it works, I mean, it, it's, un, it's undeniable like at this point yeah. and like and, and and just because you aren't aware of what something's doing to you does not mean that it has a huge influence bingo everything yeah. affects us our bodies store everything there's a really good book called um the body, body keeps, keeps score probably yogi <laughs> teachers out there that probably know this already but like that book talks about how our bodies store every single thing you know, everything. So to sit here and say that we aren't affected by things, maybe not consciously, but unconsciously, absolutely. Everything sensory-wise that we intake affects us in some yes. way. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, this is this is why the PCR test doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you, oh Jack. Oh, my God. Because, because it's scientifically true what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. when, when we have dead viral matter... Yeah. It, 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 a lot of it stays in our body for a very, very long time. Yeah. And it's stored in all different parts. And, like, the same thing with, like, certain, um, you know, like, heavy metals or, or certain chemicals that we get inside of our body and, and how it kind of changes uh, chemical structures of things and stays in the body for, for, for years and years and years. Um, but but just, to, just to make a side note, we'll bounce back, but I just want to make a little segue as mm-hmm. to why this is how the PCR test doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a very important thing, right? If they're, they're, they're saying like, oh, well, we might have up to like a 5% false positive, right? 
But actually, if you dive into this, the real reason why they're getting so many false positives is, is something to do with cycle threshold, which is essentially they they take like a little sample and they kind of like they kind of duplicate it almost like genetically duplicate it or like expand it out and they kind of spread it out so that they can kind of see more of what's inside of the the content of the sample mm-hmm. and so they do this like so many times but the inventor of this test is a guy called Carrie Mollis who died in August 2019 mm-hmm. and he openly said that this test cannot be used for viruses and he also openly said, and he won a Nobel Peace Prize. He won a Nobel Prize for inventing this thing. Yeah. So you know, he knows what he's talking about. And you know, he Will you was a, that name for me. Uh, Carrie Mullis, K A R Y M U L L I S. Thank you. And he, if you haven't heard about this, like a lot of people need to look into this because. It's such a fundamental element of what's happening in society right now that once you have this knowledge, you it's like you're seeing into another world. And I think that this is where there's a huge disconnect with people right now is because there's so many elements to what's going on right now in the world. Mm. Um, but if you aren't aware of any conflicting data, mm. you you hardly even have a right to an opinion at this point because there mm. is a huge huge body of data that disproves all of the lies that we're being told right now so mm. uh, on to bounce back to that because I, I can get a bit carried away and i'll just off on a rant i don't want to do that i, I, so, I want to add one thing to what you said at the end <laughs> about the conflicting data thing i think terence mckenna said this if you're if your ideas don't contradict themselves then you're not thinking correctly mm. yeah yeah mm. Mm. yeah yeah yeah, you have to. You have to, kind of, you, it, in order to make an educated uh, view on something or something that's based on fact, you have to look at both sides. If there's two arguments to a thing, and you only know one of them, and you think that the other side is the devil or a conspiracy theory or bullshit or whatever, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. And and this could be about anything. It's like if you've really read into something. Not in a way to find the answer that already confirms what you believe, and to actually be objective and critical in your thinking, then you can make an informed decision. Mm. But if you just simply think that anybody that doesn't agree with you is the devil, mm, and yeah. they have no idea what they're talking about, yeah. um, then you know it, it's it's. But then again. From the, the opinion that I have or the perspective that I have from reading a lot of the scientific lit- literature regarding this is, yeah, I, the only thing that I detest is yeah. perceived sense of moral superiority and ignorance. Mm. Mm. It, yes. it, is, it is, there's no other word that I have for it other than pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, this world, in, in this world that we're living in right now, why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah. Why are, you, why are you confining yourself to this narrow bandwidth of reality and and condemning what? everybody else for things that you don't know about? Mm. And this is the this is a fundamental problem with the human species. It's yeah. it's it's and it's profound. Like, you know, I can I can have a conversation with people who completely disagree with me, 
yeah. and I can learn a lot and they can learn a lot. But if, yeah. if at some point, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm guilty of this because I've done this, because people have recently pushed, there's a, there's a couple of occasions where people have pushed me to a point where I'm just like, get the fuck out of my face, yeah. you're an idiot. And I, and I hate <laughs> being like that. Yeah. It, 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 what, it, what it does to me, and me feeling like I have to give up on somebody because they are so willing to refuse any confliction to what they currently believe, that they won't even read anything they 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 just everything is just like yeah it's bullshit it's bullshit it's bullshit yeah um that is the only thing that would push me into the mm-hmm. anger zone honestly yeah. and, a, and a couple of people have bit on that recently and i apologize to those people um but you know on the flip side uh, don't 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 take the high road in ignorance it's it's a it's a it's a crime against humanity. Yeah, arguably. <laughs> it's a crime against consciousness. Like, what? Like, I, we, we, we need to absolutely, mm-hmm. or we absolutely need to stop letting them, the governments, the institutions of the world, making, a, or stop making us believe that we are the problems. Yeah. That we are the ones causing the problems. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where yeah, that's awesome. that sort of entitled ignorance comes from is because they've fallen into that trap of believing that your neighbor and me and you and both of you guys are somehow responsible for the fucking whole lot of problems whether it be their own personal issues or the issues going on outside and people that that lie that, that we've been told is so that they can keep producing the things that are actually destroying us yeah 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 and i, and I think that, that that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the the whole john of god situation and and, it, and a lot of it is to do with taking responsibility um and, and, and to, to follow on from what you're saying and it, and it kind of connects back to what we were saying i would argue and like talking about ownership jack you recently posted something on your social media in regards to like taking our power back, like VPNs and using different search engines. Like there are so many opportunities and resources to empower us and to encourage people to think outside of the box, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, the paradox of like debate. It's, you know, we as humans are so brilliant, but also we're also so stupid at the same time. Like we don't know everything. So let's listen to each other. Like I don't know everything. So let me hear this other side you know there's so much ego in involved right now yeah i mean i've had situations as well where somebody who like this instance happened a couple of weeks ago where uh, a a scientist who was actually studying covid saw my post through instagram they've been following me for a while and they saw something that i put and they were just like oh like this, this what you're saying is, is interesting, but it's not like entirely right. So like just because of, so I can't remember exactly what the instance was, but they were like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a scientist who's studying COVID right now. Um, and I think that they expected me to like, because of the way that they formatted that first message, it was kind of a bit of like an admonishment. And I think they expected me to come back and be like, well, uh, well who do you think you are? But instead I was just like, oh wow, you're a scientist studying COVID? Yeah. Oh my God! Like, let's let's jump on a call. Like, let's let's mm-hmm. talk about this. Like, uh, you know, like, can we can we can we change ideas? Like, I would love to talk about all these different context, uh, concepts. 
and we had this huge conversation and this is just one example i've spoken to surgeons physicians uh, i speak to a, a guy who's a scientist from finland um I, I speak to different kinds of healthcare professionals from all over the world so it's not like i'm just on some mad rant trying to convert people to some crazy <laughs> cult like i've i've done my fucking research like i've had lots of conversations and 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 that is a, a perfect opportunity to learn mm-hmm. and and having those people contact me is like wow what a blessing uh, i don't see that as some kind of attack like Absolutely. it's it's there's something to be learned always from every from everybody. Mm, I love that. That is, that is so absolutely true, man. Yeah. And to add on to what you guys were saying about like using different social media and like finding alternatives to these things, um, there's a couple newer like sites that have come out that are decentralized. Like uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Mastodon. No. Um, yeah. So. It's basically, it, 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 it reminds me of, like, Reddit meets, like, I don't know, like, a, like an artist image board. Okay. Like, Mastodon, um, right? And you can set up, like, your own, like, subcategories and subforms for people to join that want to talk about things. Oh, cool. Um, it's something that might be, like, worthwhile. And it, it's at it's at no ad space, and it's, de- it's completely decentralized. <laughs> There's no, no right. there's no like government funding. There's nothing going on with it. Is this similar to Instagram, or is it more similar to another social media? I would say it's kind of a mixture of like of Instagram and Reddit and like Tumblr. Okay. Yeah. Mastodon, there's, right? There's, there's, t- you know, you can still talk and like post things and like you know share information. Yeah. Yeah, and so actually, I don't know how I managed to go off into the rant that I was on before because the question that you asked me was about VPN <laughs> and this kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm sorry, I don't even know what caught my attention. I'm, I'm a bit like a, a dog chasing a squirrel sometimes. So me too. Yeah, so regards to that, like um, the reason why we need to move away from these platforms, and, and I think that this is the biggest. Even if even if you disagree with everything that I say. Even if you think that I'm completely full of shit and you don't care about anything that I'm saying, you need to understand how, like, we, our, all of our data has been centralized. Like, there is, data is the new gold rush. Yeah. And anybody that isn't aware of this, it, it, like, why do, you, why do you think Facebook and Amazon and, and Google have become the biggest companies in the world within the space of, of, of a ridiculously small space of time? There's How do you a, think that that's possible? There's a Why documentary. Are all the richest people in the world all data companies? There's a documentary called The Social Dilemma. I think it's... Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen it? Yeah, it's, totally. It yeah, talks about that. that, like how all the marketing and every ads are targeted and the way they use our data, searches, everything, like, to show us certain things. And back to what we talked about earlier, it's controlling the way we think, what we see, like, what we engage with. It's... It's... Yeah. Memetically... And they're making money out of it, too. Like, operating. Yeah, Totally. So and they're making money out of it too. Yeah, a lot of money. <laughs> now, there's, there's other social, there's other social media platforms, um, like LBRY, which is an alternative to YouTube. Um, okay. And, and there's things like this where they they pay you in their personal cryptocurrency or their private cryptocurrency for viewing videos and like viewing ads or or getting involved in like little community sign-ups and stuff like that and. 
and that that all that all that's basically doing is the company being completely transparent, being like, look, we can make some money off this data, but we want you to be in on it. No, so okay. then, like, is it LBRY? Yeah, yeah, and it completely blows. There's there's so many of these things going around, but it, it completely blows like YouTube and, and Facebook and yeah. whatever out of the water because. Like, and, and this is something that needs to be adapted. Like, the problem is that Spotify is great. Like, I've had a Spotify membership for a long time. It's, it's the best way of listening to music that I've discovered. Yeah. And yeah. I listen to so much music, and, and it's got podcasts on there and everything. Yep. However, the, the thing is, is, like, they're, they're paying people per, like, percentage of view. But I think that if there was a, if there was a crypto alternative that could get to the same level as, as Spotify... Mm-hmm then it would be the answer to the, the fact that all of our musicians don't have any work currently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like the, 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 NF, the NFT websites, like Super Rare and, and whatever, I'm trying to get in on a few of these things. And essentially, yeah. they trade your art as like a stock or something that appreciates in value, and then you make a percentage out of each resale. Mm. And this is, this if, is if, not, if not for this concept, like... We would have lost so many more artists during this lockdown mm. um, through this whole COVID pandemic because this, like, yeah, some artists can work from home and it depends how, how they're working. But, you know, then if you go to the fact that there, there are a lot of them are digital artists who mm. are making like independent productions, but they're selling their assets and they're, you know, some of them are making millions out of it, like literally millions in crypto. Yeah. And they, it's giving, the inspiration for people to still pursue the arts in that field, mm-hmm. whereas before it seemed like it didn't really like have a place other than like in the industry doing games and movies and stuff like that, which which you get roped into a uh, a separate product pro- project. But now you have an incentive for people to make original digital artwork. And like if we could do something similar like this for it probably already exists, but if we could do something similar to this for music, then we might be able to uh, provide a more um, decentralized and like powerful alternative for like musicians to make money uh, through viewing online. Mm. This is this might be one of the most brilliant things you've said today. Yeah. Oh, you like I, it? You like the idea? I think I think that you have really answered the question of what's next mm. for independent artists and mm-hmm. ways for them to not starve because mm-hmm. it, that's what is especially now that is what's needed yeah and i think that should be if anybody listens to this and knows anything about blockchain technology please start working on something like that mm-hmm. yeah yeah that would be great and, and, as, and as well like, because we're on this talk to, i think this is a good way because I, I actually think that a lot of these technological ideas that are coming forward now are the are the solution to so many problems that we're facing. Now, like for example, um, you know what? Like this is conflicting views on on Bitcoin, and, and it's taken me a long time for me to wrap my head around it. And I needed to make an investment uh, in order to kind of like, mm. um, I guess, start understanding it a bit more. And like now, like it's kind of piecing together like every single step that I go it makes more sense and and you know a lot of people are like well how is it secure because it's, it's so volatile and I'm like yeah but it's always on a steady incline mm-hmm. so like it's more safe to have your money in crypto where it's not centralized to a bank so 
we essentially are being offered a peer-to-peer encrypted blockchain technology way of like essentially participating in the stock market but it's its own form of the stock market where we can make huge amounts of like ambient income which is the solution to every problem that we're facing right now and the thing is is the more people that switch over to it the more power we take away from the banks which i don't think i need to explain to you the federals isn't fucking federal like let's just leave it at that yeah so if we can decentralize these these uh corrupt institutions which feel that they're entitled to our data to our our taxes to our fucking interest rates and 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 the ability to repossess our property like fuck them they've been gambling with our money for for longer than we've been alive why the fuck should we trust these people with our data with our with our money like this is the thing is like I'm not saying to everybody to go out into the street and like let's start a revolution, right? Because I don't even know if that's the solution. Yeah. And going back mm-hmm. to the point that you were saying about you know everybody taking responsibility for their own food production and taking mm-hmm. control of production. Well, take control of the production of your data. Yeah. Take control of the production of your of your it's, your currency, your ambient it, income. And it's your, your, your money. It's your it's money. your money. It's the, the gut. It, it's the way that we need to go. Especially yes. if we want to win. Yes. If we want to get past this, this is what we need to do. And the, and you don't have to be on the same ideological side. Um, you don't have to be on the same ideological side to agree with this. But um, you know, I, I, how long should we should we take to wrap this up? Because I, I can think of a few closing points that will, will help people out. Yeah, I think I I think we're ready to go with that. Yes. Let's share should we, how should we, we should we should we start tying things up? Yeah. Why we want to hear yeah, your okay. points. Yeah. You got to share. Yeah, let's so, talk to us. So, right, based on what we've just been saying, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, people will, will be like, well, I don't care what, what uh, Mark Zuckerberg sees that I post on Facebook. It's like, oh, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. So that they, 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 it doesn't matter if they look at all my messages. Yeah. And I'm like, you're missing the point. Yeah. You're missing the point. The, the whole thing is just like, they are making billions from your data and they are they are using it to control what you're allowed to think mm-hmm. and do and, and you're giving that power to them yeah and and this this comes from everything this comes from youtube youtube gets to dictate who is getting getting demonetized youtube is choosing to to show who is able to make a living from their certain craft and trade based on their ideological perspectives what the fuck is this why are we allowing this to happen right like if you really want to if you really want to start a revolution stop using these corrupt software stop mm-hmm. stop giving your data to these corrupt institutions and and take and take control of the blockchain technology learn about what it is take control of your own currency and and stop relying on these people to give you fucking handouts and like if, if the product there's a great quote there's a great quote and it says if the product is free you're the product. Mm. Oh. Ooh. The product is free, and you the, are the product. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're selling you. They're selling your identity, and they're trying to make you buy other shit. So don't do it for them. Look for alternatives. Support the alternatives. Think yeah. outside of the box a little bit. Yeah. People, there is going to be a huge exodus uh from these platforms like i've already seen it happen with youtube i've already seen it happen with like you know twitter you know whether you agree with donald trump or not when he left 
these platforms, there was a huge migration to Parler. And you know what they did? They closed down Parler. They they, re- they retracted it from from the from the Play Store, from the from the iTunes Store. Mm. Do you understand what this is saying? The, the tech companies have more power than your president. It doesn't matter whether you agree with him or not. And yeah. now they're telling you that you can't go onto this other platform because it's showing ideological perspectives that we don't agree with. So the tech companies are acting like they're independent decision makers. They're influencing your ability to have any different opinion to them. Mm-hmm. And you're giving them their data and making them more powerful. It's really time that people take a stand against this. It's, the people just say that, you know, I'm fucking whistling past the graveyard and, and they're fucking like not doing anything about it because they're not doing anything wrong. Well, I just say have a little bit of respect and have a, and have a little bit of awareness because unfortunately we're in a situation as a species now where ignorance is no longer an excuse. And ignorance is actually causing the detriment and the enslavement of our species. So how's about you open your fucking eyes and, and, and educate yourself? Mm. I know that's really harsh, but like, yeah. it's, it's very important. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter what side you are. I don't care if you disagree with everything else that I said. Do yourself a favor and get away from these platforms. Mm, thank you. Mm. Absolutely. And can I, can I say one more thing before yeah, we go? Yeah, please. If everybody could do like I don't know I don't care if you believe in God or you know if you if you're religious but please pray for our brave water protectors defending mm. our water mm. on the Enbridge Line Three in Minnesota and Wisconsin. They really need our help right now. Yes. Yes. Our resources of this planet need to yeah. be taken care of, and um, we need to find new ways to be more sustainable and reciprocal with what we're giving and taking from our planet so thank you for that yeah, thank you guys so much yeah thank you guys yeah i think it's i think it's good that we we offered a solution and we've entirely focused on the solution which is the best thing we could have hoped for really yes i love you guys thank you thank i'm gonna close so it much. yeah lots of love thank nice you. to Bye. nice to meet you I'm talking needle when a haystack. Walk through my trenches and my jets. I'm talking way back. Dolphins inside of the building lobbies. Straight up. Slinging stones with a typical hobby. Come here, man. For most niggas in my projects. You couldn't lounge around if you ain't for my projects. Rooster, with them youngest turning the shooters. Ray Vance swooping through. Gotta know the maneuver.